0: to be in the house of the Lord with brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen. It's good to worship the Lord. The Bible says that in the presence of the Lord there's fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen? Amen? We are pleased to be here because God has seen fit to take pleasure in us and send his son to die for us. And that's why we're here to lift up the name of Jesus, exalt him And give Him praise. The Bible says that when we lift up the name of Jesus, give Him praise, adore Him, and worship Him, He draws all men and women, children, to Himself. The Bible says that at one day every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We choose to do that now, instead of facing Him at the judgment seat. Amen? Because we know that Jesus Christ has taken our judgment, taken our wrath. Taken our pain, our sorrow, our abandonment, and our separation, and has won us back into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. That's why we get a little stirred in in, in this place. Amen. And that's why sometimes our emotions might rise a little bit. Seventeen long, hard fought years, and there's been emotion all that time that the Bills would win. Amen. Over 2,000 years ago, the victory for us was won at the cross of Christ. Amen? Amen. We shout the victory. The Bible says that we're more than overcomers. We are hyper super-victors in the name of Jesus. We are overcomers today. You know what? It doesn't matter what you're going through or what you feel like. It doesn't matter your circumstance or your situation. If you are in Christ, you are victorious today. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. This passage of Scripture that we read is one of my favorite passages passages of Scripture because it speaks to us. It gives us a full... Uh, picture of the journey that we have been on. It starts out in uh, the first verse by saying that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. It speaks about the amazing depths that we fell to in our shame and condemnation and guilt before God. We were children of wrath, children of disobedience, the Bible says that we were without God and without hope in this world or the world to come. The amazing depths that we fell to. The Bible says that we, we were held captive and hostage, taken over by the ruler of the power and the prince of this air, who is our enemy of our soul, who is Satan, the devil. We were run by him. Every inclination was, was uh, pressured upon us through him. We were held captive in bondage, in darkness, and in sorrow, shame, guilt, and condemnation. The amazing depths that we have experienced in sin. All of us have a story, amen? Amen. All of us have a story of failure, of weakness, of inadequacy, of insufficiency, of falling and failing. The Bible says that while we were still hostile to God... Sinners, helpless, and powerless. God loved us. We didn't win over His love. Remember that girlfriend or that wife that you tried winning over? <laughs> a lot of work. A lot of work it took me. A lot of pressure to win over my wife. Got to the point where I was threatening her. You know what I mean? <laughs> and. Uh, God didn't threaten us. God's love ran over us like a steamroller. Flattened all of our excuses, all of our hindrances. Our hands were raised in, in, in rebellion and stubbornness against God. And all of a sudden, he flattened every excuse that we had. And, we, and then we turned to him and said, God, how could you love us? And God said, that's what I do. God is love. Amen? Amen. This is a beautiful, beautiful story of God's redemptive power and uh, pleasure in winning us back from this captivity that we were held in, darkness, separation from God, sorrow, pain, adversity. If you're here today and you're held in that grip of Satan, the enemy of our soul, I got news for you. The victory has been won 2,000 years ago. All we do is we step into it by, by faith and the rescuer, the redeemer, comes in a flash, transfers us from the kingdom of darkness into his wonderful kingdom of light, and we are free, amen? amen? Free from the captivity. Amazing depths that we have sunk to in our lives. We take a lot of time to try and cover things up. We take a lot of time to make, our, make ourselves... Uh, visible to the world like we got everything going on and everything is just perfect right how many know that's that sham we've we've lived in it long enough as you can see we like to be authentic sometimes too authentic too real we like to be authentic we like to be real but the reality is is that you're here if you're here in bound in your authenticity As a sinner, you need to come to the authentic reality of God's love, that he loves you and he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Today could be a great day where you step out of the darkness into his wonderful love. We sing a lot about love. That is awesome. Yeah, let's wipe that off for you. I used to love those things. Because you got little things that you can throw them on, too. (laughs) Little things. Okay, amazing depths. What I love about Jesus is he goes to the lowest point of our life, and then he lifts us up. He's not afraid to go down there. When you lay your head down on the pillow, you know exactly what and who you are. Amen. And the fact is, is that Jesus loves to meet you where you are, in the depth of your sin the depth of your confusion, the depth of your chaos. And then, as we see in this beautiful passage of Scripture, the amazing heights that he takes us to. Amen? The amazing heights that he takes us to. The Bible says that because of the resurrection and our faith in Christ, death, burial, resurrection, we have new life. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated next to the one that has won our victory. And because we are seated in heavenly places, all authority and all power and all the resources of heaven are are given to us because of the proximity that Christ has brought us to. He brought us from the depths of hell into the height of heaven so that we can experience and know and love Him. Whom to know is life eternal. We love Him today from taking us from the depths, rising us to the heights of His love, and of his greatness, and of his goodness. And it's all because of him. Isn't that awesome? It's all because of him. Nothing that we have done can point to us being saved. It's because of his awesome grace that he chose you. Isn't it great to be chosen? Being in sin is like never being picked for any sports, any games. You know how everybody lines up, they want to play football, and then they go through, I'll take him. The next captain says, I'll take him. And then you're down to like the last, and you're just standing there like, all right, sorry, bud, no room for you. Go home. What? Okay. Okay. That's the feeling of sin. Not being chosen. Not being accepted. Not having a sense of belonging. A sense of connection with people. A sense of love. Right? And then all of a sudden, God rode into town with the best team ever. And one day, God said, Danny boy, I want you. Danny boy, I want you. And I was like, Yeah! Amen! I'm on the winning team. He chose me. He chose me. He chose me. And he's chosen you today. You're accepted. You have access into his presence today. You belong to him. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's there all the time, whether you like it or not. He's with you today because of his amazing grace. This is a beautiful story. I love a rags to riches story. I love a story of an underdog. This is a rags to riches story. We were dead. We weren't flopping around on the water. Help me. Throw the life preserver. We were dead. We were on the bottom of the ocean of sin and degradation. Dead. And Jesus came alive and came and brought new life to us because of His wonderful grace. And this is what it, what it means to be born again. Our spirit was dead to the things of God. And all of a sudden, God woos you, He woos you, He woos you. And he says, "I want to talk to you." And eventually your heart becomes open to the things of God. You're born again, you're a new creation, and all of the things of God become alive, and you're like you feel yourself rising up in the water and boom, like a missile. You're free. From the degradation, the sea of sorrow and of condemnation, of shame and of guilt. And he takes you to the heights of heaven where he shows you his majesty, his splendor, who he is. Nothing can compare to the presence of God, the purpose of God and the things of God in your heart and in your life. And we are a church that desires to know more and more of Jesus, whatever the cost. So we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Verse 10 because of him coming down into our depths, because of him rising us to his heights, because of his ever working grace in our lives 24 7. Now we are his masterpiece. We are his masterpiece some of you might think you think you're dumb and stupid think you don't measure up have a poor low self-esteem you might think you're a loser not if you're in Christ you might have been all that when you were in sin ugly dumb and stupid but not now not now the quest for each of us is to understand the great work that Christ has done in our hearts and in our lives. We are his masterpiece. The Greek word there is poeme. It's God's creative, poetic, flowing of who he is, bringing beauty and splendor and majesty. The same word is in Romans chapter 1 and verse 9, when it says that he has made the world understood through what has been made Romans 1 uh, 19 Romans one nineteen and 20 let's turn over there and we'll read about this beautiful word poemi Romans chapter 1 Verse 18 first, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God has made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Isn't that awesome? Same word there through everything that God has made, is this wonderful word, poeme. Now, when we look at creation, the Bible says, when we look at creation, the beauty that He has created, we see His creative majesty, His creative glory. We see the wonder of who He is in creation, and it tells us there has to be a God. Amen? Psalms 14 says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. All you got to do is walk out of this jungle, and get to, a, get to a field or get to a tree and look up to the heavens and see the stars at night and say, there is a God. God isn't in creation. Creation isn't God. God is a transcendent being, and He created all things to express His glory and His splendor and His majesty as Creator. He created you for a purpose, and He loves you today. He's created you. I tell Zachy, I said, Zach, that's my son, God made you, he threw away the mold. (laughs) Because I was told that same thing when I was a kid. But you know what, that's the case for everybody. There's no one like you on this planet, never has been and never will be since eternity began. And for all eternity, you are a unique, special creation of God. When you look in the mirror, there's no one like you. There's not another one of you in this world. When God made you, he threw away the mold because he created you as a special masterpiece to hold his glory and to spread it to a a lost and dying world. Creation was great and it was grand, but the new creation that God uh, uh, happens in our heart is grander and it's greater. To bring a world out of nothing was great, But to restore a world and to restore a person that's broken, bound, captive, and in bondage is greater. At the first creation, God saw all that he made. And what did he say? It is good. good. Jesus came and brought new life to us, brought a new creation in our heart. He died. He was buried. He rose again. He ascended into heaven, sat down, the Bible says, at the right hand of God. And what do you think God said? That was really good. That was good. That was good. The good work of Christ in your heart is an awesome, awesome work. Why do we doubt it? Why do do we meditate with our minds? On our frailty, on our weakness, on our insufficiencies, when God sees us as his masterpiece and he's waiting for us to go out into a lost and broken world and just shine for the glory of God. The Bible says that we are the light of the world. Don't hide it, don't put a bushel over it, right? Go out there, shine your light that you may glorify my Father who is in heaven. Isn't that awesome? We are a showcase for the glory, the splendor, and the majesty of God. Go figure. Us. (laughs) Isn't that laughable? Let's all laugh. Come on. (laughs) It is awesome. It is awesome. He made the world. He created it like a potter. He sculpted it. Put it together. We're learning more and more how big the universe is. Isn't it crazy how awesome the cosmos is? With our telescopes and and everything, we think we see the vastness of it. There's no telling how great the universe is. Isn't it true? And here's the thing when it comes to the new creation in our heart. There's no telling how a great a move of God that he wants to do in your heart as his masterpiece today. Isn't that awesome? God put forth his best efforts and creative powers to fashion and create us in Jesus Christ. It unmistakably means that God wielded his fullest and greatest and most creative powers when we were born again. Wow. Took my heart of stone, made it a heart of flesh. Took my sorrow, traded it for joy. Took my chaos, and gave me the prince of peace. to See me through. He steps down into my hardship. And he becomes the balm of Gilead. The right essential oil at the right time. Amen? Amen. The essential oil of the Holy Spirit that ministers his grace. And his love to me in such a wonderful and wonderful way. God is working in our lives a tremendous Exhibition of his wisdom, of his power, of his love, of his grace, of his character, of his peace, of his joy. He is teaching us. He's training us. He's bringing us along, applying the right chisel or the right brush or the right mechanism to formulate us for his glory. It's a good work that he's got going on in your heart. Amen. It's a good work. And it's a perfect work. You might look in the mirror and, and be doubtful of God working in your heart. The Bible says, he who began a good work in you will complete it. That means finish it. Until we see him face to face. First Corinthians 619 says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and that you are not your own? You are bought with a price. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. That same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the Bible says, come on now. We know this, don't we? Now dwells within us. Isn't that awesome? He dwells within us to complete the work of that new creation that he has started. Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous or enthusiastic for good deeds. 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession awesome so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light here's the thing when you wake up every day here's the prayer to pray father thank you for the good works thank you for the idea that i know in my heart today That you've prepared to use me for your glory and honor from before time began. There's good works for me today that God planned way back. Every day when you wake up, there's a plan and purpose of God for your life. To propel the glory of God, the grace of God, the love of God to a lost and dying world. And listen. That there's nothing that compares to allowing the glory and the presence of God through your life as you surrender all to Him. And He fills you up with everything that He is. Look at Ephesians. Before we read chapter 2, there's a beautiful couple of verses there that we want to read. And it says here, In verse 9, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 9, God has now revealed to us His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and, and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work out, according to his will he fills everything in every way and he becomes our all in all before we step out from our home uh i'm not going to get into trouble because this is a fact everybody knows it women spend a lot more time getting ready than guys isn't it true All right. Ooh, Kelly says not for Eric. Okay. Oh. Hey, we have some exceptions in the house. Amen. See, I buzz my hair because when I get up, my wife likes this little flip in the front and then they go like that, and I'm gone to meet the day. (laughs) Yeah. God's taking it easy on you, Dave. (laughs) Amen. We check ourselves out physically, don't we? When you look in the mirror and you look at your body and you look at how good you are and how awesome you are and you're going to meet the day with a boom. Check this out. Do we think about God's plan for us today? How he is going to display himself and his glory through this body of ours. Isn't that amazing? Your good works. Now we're talking about this because God has taken us from the amazing depths. He came down, met us at our deep, deepest point of misery and said, I'm with you and I'm going to lift you up. Amazing depths to amazing heights seated with Christ in glory and in heaven under his authority empowered by his, the power of the Holy Spirit. We now have, the Bible says, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him. You received Him through grace, rely on His grace to walk out this plan and this purpose that God has for you. And He changes the works of the flesh and the work of the devil and the work of our sinful nature into this wonderful masterpiece. And now, we are his masterpiece. And all we have to do is shine. And we shine through good works. Amen? Good works. Good works. Two things that the church gets involved in That at, at its core basis. Two things. Number one is the great commandment, right? We love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the greatest commandment. And we at uh, Steel City Church, we want to love like Christ's love. It's sacrificial, it's selfless, it's always giving, it's always loving. It's a steady love that stays like this while people are like this, right? We stay strong and steady because that's the way Christ's love is towards us. We love to love, it's the greatest commandment. Then there is this idea of the church is a mutually encouraging relationship, isn't it? Mutually encouraging. You are a part of the body of Christ, and you have a a purpose and a plan and a reason for being here. Just as I have a reason and a purpose to be here this morning, you have a purpose, you have a reason, you have a goal. It's not by chance that you're here. You're here to minister and to be a part of the body of Christ. The Bible says in First Corinthians that the weakest parts we should hold up. The parts that aren't seen, we should bring glory and honor. The seen parts, like myself or anybody that's up here, we don't need to be talked about. We don't need to any highlight. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. The body of Christ operates on a mutually encouraging relationship. How many times as you look into scripture, you, you find out the one another scriptures. Isn't, aren't they awesome? right the one another scriptures i had that i'm going to go in and i'm going to try and look for this one another um thingamajiggy that i have that's not it that's not it that's it Okay. okay romans 15 7. welcome one another or accept one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Do we show favoritism around here? No. 1 no. Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25. That the members may have the same care for one another. 1 Peter four ten, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Employ it as good stewards of God's varied grace, multifaceted grace. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yield to individuals, right? Give up your opportunity to win an argument, to be the smart person, and just yield. Be humble. Get rid of guile. Get rid of the idea that you have to shine, that you have to exalt yourself. Philippians chapter 2 says that God came down and emptied himself, right? Thought it not robbery, that he would be stripped of his splendor and of his majesty. Listen, the best thing that you can do as a Christian today is stay out of God's way. Stay out of your own way by trying to lift yourself up. Lift Jesus up. Amen? Amen. Lift Jesus up. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 Always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. That means that person that might, might not have looked at you this morning and said hello, and you were like, will... I've never, right? Come on, love that person, amen. Love that person. If they don't say hello to you, then go up to them and be like, "Hey, give them a big hug." Love them. Ephesians four thirty two: Be kind to one another and tender-hearted. Kindness goes a long way, doesn't it? Kindness goes a long way. Prefer one another. Esteem one another better than yourselves. This is the work of Christ. Hebrews 10.25 says, Don't neglect to meet together as the habit of some. Encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near of Christ's return. Being in each other's lives with encouragement is going to take sacrifice and effort but it's especially needed in these last days. Let's form the habit of always being together. Amen? (laughs) Do you know that when you don't show up on a Sunday morning, we miss you. We miss you. You're part of the body. I knew a pastor way, way long ago when I was a kid. If you didn't show up on a Sunday morning during the worship service, he'd go back in his office and he'd give you a call. (laughs) Hey, what are you doing? Come on out, man. We miss you. Isn't that something? (laughs) Hebrews 3.13. Exhort one another every day as long as as it is called today. Exhort means build each other up, right? Strengthen each other. Take each other by the hand and mutually encourage one another. The thing about this Christian life is sometimes we think that we have to receive all the time do you know that giving sometimes is more blessed than receiving wait a minute that sounds familiar more blessed to give than to receive amen in your giving and in your serving and in your loving you find out that the grace of god pours down on you when you're thinking about I'm not getting thanks. I'm not getting a pat on the back. You know who's patting you on the back and coming to your, your side? The very presence of the Lord. Amen? To guard you and to keep you in this self-sacrificial love of God. Jesus said, don't let your good deeds be known to men. That's hard. You ever do something great for somebody and you're like, I got to tell the church. <laughs> it's tough to say no, isn't it? It's tough to say no. But you know what? The Bible says, if you go out and say, I did this and I did that and I worked this and I did that. The Bible says that's your reward. A pat on the back and a firm handshake and a smile. But the word of God says you do it in secret and the Lord will come and reward you what? Openly. Amen. With his presence. Listen, I like a pat on the back, but I'll take the Lord's presence any day. Amen any day. Praise the Lord. But a pat on the back is okay too. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live, here it is, in harmony with one another. Didn't the worship team do great today? Amen. Did you hear the harmony? Okay. Two notes working together at the same time Not bringing dissonance, okay? But bringing harmony. We as the body of Christ, we operate in harmony. And when we operate in harmony, it's a beautiful, beautiful sound as we give praise to the Lord our God. Harmony is an awesome, awesome, awesome thing. Comfort one another. My job is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. <laughs> Amen. That's my job. If you're comfortable, I'm here to prod you. Okay? If you're comfortable, I'm here to poke you. If you're comfortable, I'm here to elbow you. Get out of your comfort zone and live for God in his grace and in his wonderful wonderful love. We all need to be knotted and prodded. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter, in Hebrews chapter, Hebrews, <laughs> it says this we have to stimulate one another for good works. Isn't that true? Motivate one another, provoke one another, admonish one another, and keep one another mutually encouraging each other for the glory. And the, and the praise of God. Listen, when someone walks in that, that door, the Bible says that because of our love, our mutual relationship of encouraging each other, people will see, whoa, truly these are disciples and followers of Christ. What a great, great, great compliment, amen? People come in and say, they are followers of Jesus Christ, passionately. Then we come upon this idea that, we are involved in a gospel-missional mission, missional relationship. These relationships are outside the church, and we have seen stories and stories of people that meet up with somebody in a coffee shop, right? Meet somebody in 7-Eleven, uh, in right? We're out there on the street, and we're just able to talk about Jesus. We're, we're building missional relationships in our community through our schools, um, through the, uh, the Lackawanna Civic organizations, we're trying to build relationships, trusted relationships, where they know that we are here to stay and we will be in your life. Gospel missional relationships. This fulfills the Great Commission. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded, right? We go and we make disciples. That making part means that there's got to be relationships. there's got to be interpersonal relationships. I've got to say to these folks, I'm going to be here for you." Right? Nothing's made overnight, isn't it true? And the wonderful aspect is this, is that each of us are working on each other to form the spirit of Christ within us. Isn't that something? Because God knows I need help. Somebody said, give me an amen. Amen. (laughs) I need help being conformed to the image of Christ just like you. And we work on this together. Now this year, we have an awesome opportunity for mutually encouraging relationships with one another. But you know what? It takes a decision. We have on this table all of our ministries. Okay? All of our ministries. The host team. The host team is the team that is ushers, greeters, attendance takers. They're the, they're the team that kind of sets the stage for people when they come in. We have the worship team. We have the audio visual team. Kim's back there. Kim, right? We have the coffee ministry. We have the grounds and maintenance ministry. We have the security ministry. We have a lot of ministries that that need, uh, need you to fulfill your destiny. Kids ministry, yes. Kids ministry is huge. Guys, there are talents in this joint today that can be used for the glory of God in kids ministry. Behind the coffee bar, setting the stage so people feel welcomed and accepted, Right? Now, if you're not involved, I want you to seek the Lord today and say, God, where do you want to use me? What kind of things have you planned from way, way back that I can step into right now that were planned for me today as I walk out the purposes and the plans of God? Aren't you excited that God has a plan? You know, if you plan to fail, no. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. God didn't plan to fail. He has a plan, and, he's, and that's, work, that's you guys working for the glory of God, okay? I want to encourage you. Look at yourself through the mirror of God's purposes and passions for your life.